This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, Halflings! How are you doing? Hope you're well. It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Leander Unati Lewis Nyawa, but everybody calls me Unati! Yay! <laughs> and... <laughs> Jeremy Cobb, but Russ Lisetsky calls me Vanth, as in the Star Wars character, most recently from The Mandalorian. Also, ah. awesome. Ooh! Fam, very cool. Uh, who is that? I've been watching Mandalorian, but like I'm only on I'm season looking one. Right now. Uh, I looked it up a long time ago because Russ suggested three nicknames quite quite a while ago, and I've this is the third one. And I was going to say I remember uh, uh, Russ submitted one before. Uh, I've uh, Cobb. Oh, oh, it's it's um. Oh, what is his name? Uh, what is the actor's name? He is his full name is Cobb Vanth, as in C O B B. My last name Vanth, <laughs> ah. uh, also known as the Marshal. So if you've seen season two of the of the Mandalorian, he's the character played by Timothy Oliphant. Oh yes, I the, do. I literally just I literally just watched that uh, that uh, that episode. So cool, yeah. very cool. so so cool. It's a good that episode. Is awesome. They fight a worm <laughs> Thank thing. <you>, Russ. <laughs> yeah, nice, Russ. Well, good, excellent work. Nickname, especially with the Cobb connection. Especially with the because that's the thing. Russ didn't specify. This was a sleeper pun. It's, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know if it's so a pun, but it, it is a sleeper reference. But yeah. this is the thing. I was actually thinking about these nicknames the other day, and I was thinking that eventually we're going to run out of nicknames, right? Yeah. Like eventually Not we're possible. going to get to a point where, like, no, no. I mean, uh, nicknames that are puns, right? Like there's only so many Cobb related or Jeremy related puns that one can make. <laughs> So I was like, eventually, they're just going to be, like, not related yeah. to you, which I'm fine with. Like, I'm happy for people just, like, uh, and so-and-so calls me pizza. Like, that's fine. Do you mm. know what I mean? <laughs> but like, cob. But, but, and I thought that was it. I thought maybe Vanth was that. But no, Russ Lusetsky has just nailed it. Yeah. Pulled the, pulled the, uh, pulled the, the, uh, the Tauntaun wool over all of our eyes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well done, Russ. Unbelievable, well done. unbelievable stuff. Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. Hello, Halflings. How's it going? Uh, so today we are going to be discussing uh, a recent um, uh, blog post and uh, controversy, I guess, uh, surrounding the release of the Candlekeep Mysteries uh, that was released by Wizards of the Coast. Uh, this is in relation to a POC Gamer, uh, who worked as a writer on this uh, particular uh, adventure. Uh, and there was a an article posted, and it's been it's been everywhere. It's been it's just been a, a big yeah. hot topic. I think I yes. first saw it on our Discord. Yeah. Yes, the Discord was the first place I saw it. Gabriel well, yeah. shared it. Yes. Shout out to Gabriel. Thank you. Thanks, very Gabriel. Much. Thanks, Gabe. Um. Uh. Yeah. And so it, uh, this is a this is a, a definitely a tricky one, and we thought this was something that we wanted to uh, we wanted to have a a, a chat about because mm. uh, it's a it's a it's definitely a, a um. A tricky one, shall we say. So uh, th- I will just sort of give a brief overview of sort of what has happened. Uh, and uh, I'll be pulling from the the article that was written uh, on the POC Gamer um, website. You can, uh, I'll absolutely put a link to this uh, in the show notes below. So feel free to check it out for yourself. I always counsel people, don't just listen to us blindly. Like, go and read the thing yourself and formulate your own opinion. Because it's mm. a positive thing to do that. Mm. Um 
But uh, POC Gamer worked as a uh, as a uh, writer on uh, the Candlekeep Mysteries in creating uh, what is called the Book of Cinders, which is a sort of like a, a side mission or a, is it a quest PC within. Gamer or POC Gamer? POC Gamer, sorry, yeah, POC, oh. POC Gamer, yeah. Oh wow, I can't um, find this website. Please continue. Oh. I well, I, I found will, PC I will, gamer, and that was why uh, I was like, "Was it PC?" Sorry, please continue. Will, uh, I'm still trying to you. find the specific because I was on a different, uh, I was on a different website. So uh, it sure. is on the WhatsApp group, I believe. Okay. Uh, I've just well. sent it again for you. Um, so yes, um, sorry to interrupt. No, no. So yes, uh, the this was uh, yes uh, the Book of Cinders, which is a quest within this uh, book itself, uh, and basically they speak about their experience of having uh, written this, um, the several stages they went through in order to basically get it approved. Um, it was a there was a um, a pitch that they had to do of the sort of uh, thing they wanted to introduce to Candlekeep Mysteries. Um, they were selected, um, they received some information, and they basically going to have to go away and write something with a max word count of 8,000 words um, and there was some minor direction on that and then they started sort of a drafting process uh, it went back I think twice he said they say in this uh, particular uh, thing I think what it seemed it, they, the impression I get is it went back twice uh, mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of uh, change happened with the uh, Gripply race uh, Gripply race is that if I'm pronouncing that correctly yeah the Gripply uh, mm. Uh, which are a uh, like frog-like humanoid, I believe, um, and yeah, lovely little frog peeps. Um, I think I think uh, Graham uses he/him pronouns. Ah, perfect. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Uh, so uh, yes. Uh, so there was a little um, backwards and forwards uh, there until uh, finally um, uh, he was told that his adventure had been submitted for playtesting, an initial review, um, and uh, that the editor then would be uh, could be in touch with him to basically answer any questions, etc., etc. Um, and then several months later, he was informed that the adventure was selected to go to publication. Uh, and a few months after that, he was asked for a headshot and a bio and other little pieces of information etc uh and in this article or in this uh blog post he says that uh he was going on the assumption of no news is good news uh and that uh because he hadn't heard too much uh, about this uh, um uh, from the editor or etc mm. that he was assuming that not too much when would have changed uh cut to then when it's sort of getting released and pre-released uh and finally um graham gets a chance to sit down and read the adventure itself uh and needless to say uh graham was disappointed in what ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. he then read yeah there was one thing yeah, just yeah, before nice. um he had he'd, he'd oh, yeah. gone on um uh, interviews and the press release started ah, before yes, he'd received yes. that final copy. So he was then outside on, in these streets telling people about a really exciting thing, what he'd done um, without yes. knowing that major changes had been made. He hadn't been informed of, the, of those changes, even at the point of press release. Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so like poor Adrian Brody with the thin red line. It's mm. an obscure reference, but for those of you who don't know, prior to ever being in The Pianist, and eventually winning and I think becoming the youngest Oscar winner for Best Actor. Adrian Brody was in a movie called The Thin Red Line, directed by a director named Terrence Malick. If you don't know who Terrence Malick is, look him up. He's great. But he, Terrence Malick had, was this mysterious director who basically, essentially, the, the, he'd just come back after like 30 years, or 20 years of having disappeared, having directed two classic movies. And everybody wanted to be in this movie. Adrian Brody landed the lead role and promoted the movie only to discover when the movie was released, he had been, his role had been reduced to five minutes of screen time and I think one or two lines. And wow. a completely different protagonist. Like this was before he was a star. So this was like the chance of a lifetime. This dude's been promoting this <laughs> film and then found out at the premiere that his role was he was basically just a barely like a tiny side character in what was supposed to be his movie absolutely brutal. that is Ouch. that is so brutal so Ouch. yeah similar kind of like that <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that yeah, yeah. um uh, and so uh, so yes uh, has got all of these interviews uh, etc uh, and finally then sort of sat down to uh, read and read uh, the book of cinders uh, and uh, felt like a lot of things had been changed including some of the language used within the book um 
Graham specifically refers to some of the language being uh, colonial uh, and throwing away a lot of the kind of law and backstory of certain um, uh, species and races uh, that he sort of very specifically spotlighted within the adventure to try and sort of humanize them and give them more complexity uh, and then felt that they were like stripped back and then, uh, you know, referred to in ways that he absolutely hadn't referred to them, etc. Yeah, I think the Kripali um, were described as being primitive, although what he was trying to convey was an ancient and impossibly ancient culture melding with like a modern culture so elements of like their ancient history remained inside of this kind of modernization if you will carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes, and and I believe uh, as well, let me just double check. Um, yes, so he refers to uh, the uh, Yuan-Ti, uh, who were uh, the other sort of main uh, race uh, within this um, adventure, uh, that having a lot of their um, sort of lore and backstory that he'd created involving uh, the world serpent and mm. things like this having been completely stripped away. Uh, and so therefore they kind of just come across like very kind of evil, bad snake people um, as opposed to uh, anything else. Uh, So that is a sort of overview of what has happened here. Uh, We've sat and read through this article and uh, had a look through uh, the adventure itself. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to actually jump in and tell us what you've you've looked at the the adventure a a little bit now and uh, yeah, what were your like thoughts having digested both? So Initially, I was reading through it, and what what Graham says in terms of the because Graham on it's a two part article, and Graham Graham lists the initial changes that like at the end they, uh, he goes through and lists the the changes that were made. It, mm. And I agree with what he says at the beginning. The beginning of the adventure, the the there's like a book that's mentioned with this story that is honestly you, like pointless to actually figuring out the adventure. That is true. It, mm. It's like a book that tells the future or, or alleged. They, they think it might be telling the past, but it's mm. actually telling the events of the present. So it was a prophecy. It was a prophetic book that was written a long time ago, but it doesn't help you to solve anything. It's like you literally just go and fight some yuan tea. That's it. Mm. There's, uh, it's not like a deep thing that you have to try and figure out, mm-hmm. but the, obviously the, the main crux of the issue is the description of the Gripley. And there are actually two references. There are two uses of the word primitive in the adventure. The first one is in reference to refugee houses because the Gripley have been pushed off of their land by the invading yuan who are currently mm-hmm. occupying their village and temple. Mm-hmm. And so when I read that, I was like, wait, so this was the, that, but the refugee houses, I've never seen a non-primitive refugee house, like not, not, not like a recent one. They beat these people mm. just fled their homes. They're having to. And sure. A refugee house by definition will not have luxuries. Yeah. Uh, they, or, they haven't, you know, they wouldn't have the opportunity to functional. Yes. And, and even so they, uh, they, they describe them as having been decorated with, uh, oh, granted these, it's not the houses that they're describing. It's actually the trade post. Cause you meet them at a trade post. Uh, the trade post is decorated, but, uh, the second usage is in reference to the decoration of giant crab claws in their actual residences and storage buildings inside of the village itself. So mm-hmm. I do, after reading that, I'm like, okay, yeah, there is colonialist language being used in this context. Um, but the, I remember in, in, I think there was a Twitter thread 
that Graham had made or something, because I remember reading something about some of the specific ideas that he'd originally had in there for the decoration. And mm. if if I'm remembering correctly, the ideas that he had were much cooler than just crab parts. Crab parts yes. are cool, but you could do a yeah, lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, yeah. These pe- if these people have been around for that long, yeah, just throw in a couple more descriptions. Like, yeah, that's yeah. all it takes. Uh, and then in, in regards to the – because the other complaint was that the Yuan Ti's – backstory had been their their motives were basically completely gone and yeah. it is true specifically for the evil yuan ti the good yuan ti their motives had changed i think originally they were trying to awaken the world serpent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. basically make life better for people in the published adventure they are actually looking through the temple for artifacts from past groups of Yuan-Ti invaders, uh, I think still to try and make things better for people. Uh, like they're there. They were there. Um, they were there with the Ripley's consent. Um, mm-hmm. It was, yes, they were finding, they were trying to find relics left behind by the Yuan-Ti that had raided, uh, raided through this area in ages past. And they were in the process of clearing some rubble when the evil Yuan-Ti descended. Now, here's an interesting point. The evil Yuan-Ti, I'm going to look through the screenshots that I made there, because uh, Graham says that they are supposed to, like, they are basically reduced to being evil for the sake of evil. Mm. And that is... In, in function, I believe, true, but in form, there is a reference to them having other reasons what they're doing. Mm. But they never explain what those reasons are. Ref- reasons ah, are excellent. Right, yeah. Good, good, good. That's so the, the bare yeah. minimum, excellent. Okay. <laughs> it's very – and the, the original adventure clearly did have motives mm. yeah, for them yeah. to be there mm. doing you're what not, they're doing. You're not evil uh, because – Dot dot dot. Like that's yeah. That's, that's because basically because what stuff, this is. because reasons. Because reasons. Because, yeah. Oh, complexity. It was, I don't know. <laughs> it was very. It was very strange. Yes, yes. Here's the quote: The evil serpent folk are here for a particular purpose, and as a rule, they have no quarrel with anyone who doesn't directly threaten their plan or try to impede what they're doing. The only real, like, clear reasoning that I can see is that they like eating the Gripley's eggs. Because it does specify that lizard folk and Yuan Ti enjoy eating the Gripley's eggs. And so they have a difficult time. And that's, I believe, in the description at the very end of the adventure, they describe the the Gripley and have a the, actually they have a really cool they have a stat block for a Gripley. They're really cool. It looks really oh, nice. Cute. Like I like the they they yeah. Uh, and they have like they can use their tongue to fight and stuff. Ooh. Like it's really cool. They, uh, I can see why Graham wanted to bring them back because I yeah. think the Gripley had had existed in a previous edition. Yeah. But yeah, they it mentions specifically that lizard folk and Yuan Ti like to eat their eggs. So the implication seems to be that these Yuan Ti raiders showed up to eat their eggs and then also were holding some unholy ritual to open a sarcophagus. It's not clear why, except that they were torturing the good Yuan Ti who were there through like this ceremony was also like in the process of opening the sarcophagus mm-hmm. maybe i misread something but the wider the sarcophagus opened the worse the more damaged the the good yuan ti became who were tied to this altar i was not clear on how that was happening i may have just misread that part of the adventure but the, uh, essentially they're doing a bunch of evil stuff because they're evil and also they like to eat the eggs that's the impression and i do agree Ooh. that that is it does seem to have been Reduced from yeah. based on what Graham. I now I obviously cannot give a full opinion because I have not read what Graham had originally submitted, and I don't believe Graham is able to release that. No, so no. we're essentially yeah. hearing Graham's story. I don't see a reason to disbelieve him, but it's it's as far as I'm concerned, it seems like a pretty. Assuming that Graham is correct, it seems like wizards did strip a lot of the culture and creativity out of the adventure, and unfortunately, fall back into colonialist stereotypes yeah I, I mean i guess like the thing that kind of like vexes me the most about this whole nonsensicality is this 
So you get the products, ne? you get it from the writer, the creator. They're happy. They're living their best life. You want to make changes. Now, we all know, like in any creative field, that you just contact the creator, discuss your changes, you have a back and forth, and you come to compromises. Like, it's not uncommon. So what I don't understand is why they ghosted him for like however mm. long and then sent him on press releases. Surely somebody was listening to some of those like podcasts and like checking in. Mm. I don't like what, at what point did they kind of go, we're just like sending this person out to the wolves here. And then on top of that, like, okay, cool. Like intellectual property um, contracts aside and NDAs aside, the fact that they own his entire adventure, like in totality, fine. He signed a contract, cool. Um, and he probably read it really thoroughly. I'm sure um, but also like they but to then make such major changes to something that especially if you're wanting to bring in new creators and fresh perspectives like that was what the drive was for to then make those changes and not consult the creator is just a little bit like cart very far away from horse to me mm, 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 like mm. let alone I think uh <laughs> Yeah, I think that that um, the issue then that for me is there is that you're bringing in you know new voices specifically to diversify the writing team that you use for these types of uh, adventures mm. and uh, and then and then for so for then um, a team which is kind of quite f publicly and famously not the most diverse uh, you know the the sort of managing editors uh, among in Wizards of the Coast to then come in and change things so drastically without any kind of consultation uh, then exactly I mean I am in complete agreement with you Yunati it seems so counterintuitive like why kind of bother bringing them in in the first place you know what I mean uh, if, do you know what I mean if you're then going to strip away the things that make it than to create something from whole cloth no, absolutely, sure. but I think that, but like, but 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 why would you bring a new voice in and then strip away all the parts that make this adventure a uniquely new voice? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, because otherwise, this it, this could effectively just be another D and D adventure. So, therefore, I go, well, this is pointless that you brought someone else new in. You might as well have gone back to like a, the same a, a similar writer that you've used before. Yeah. If you then take away all the cultural elements which that new voice bought, yeah. you know? And then mm. the other thing that was that kind of like smelled like nonsensicalities again to me was, <laughs> okay, cool. So then when he reached out to other people who'd also worked on, worked with Wizards, sorry, rather, um, like on the Reddits, um, and they were like, that sounds like a nightmare scenario. And I think like in any writer's process, that sounds like a nightmare scenario to not get your due diligence, not be consulted, to not, you know, yeah. be part of the process when it comes to edit. But other writers are, are saying that they hadn't had this, have they haven't had this experience. So now I'm left with the big fat why. Either mm. it's oversight, or as you said, Jeremy, it's easier to edit something uh, rather than create something from scratch. Or sparkling racism. I don't know. I don't know. Pick one. I, well, the. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about publishing. I'm trying to think of possible reasons. Is it possible that if they they wanted to try and shorten the original adventure even more? Because that's yeah. The, that's what uh, it, Graham says yeah. that he had shortened it. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It was shortened by several thousand words. But I think. But I think. Yeah. yeah it was. It was like six thousand. I think in in his the version that he submitted, and I think it was shortened even further. Yeah. What's weird about it is that like the descriptions of the the actual Ripley's home sounds cool. Like they don't, mm. if it's really the word primitive, like if they swapped out the word primitive with creatively, like primitively yeah. instead yeah. of like creative, like yeah, yeah. Or something like that, yeah. then it's like, okay, cool. That's fine. And like, I, you, you get rid of that part of the problem. Yeah. And I think, I think that is the major bone of contention because like as a POC creator, those things matter. Like your name is now on something like you, mm. you are actively mm. making choices about being very um, specific about the language that you use to describe people that could in any way be equated to any like, you know, real life experience. Right. Under yeah. no circumstances would you use a word like that. If you, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, okay, obviously th I'm generalizing from my perspective as well here, but I know for myself and it would be never, never, the word savages, mm. like, oh, primitive, never. Yeah, never. Yeah, it's not yeah. a good idea. Yeah. 
Right it's not wing. necessary in this yeah. context. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, this, we're not doing history here. We're doing fantasy. Yeah, it's okay. Um, <laughs> well, even in I the think... context of history, it's like... Yeah, it carries too many... It's perspective. Too much baggage, yeah. Yeah. It's perspective yeah. uh, as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? What is primitive to one is perspective, I think. Yeah. Because it's just that you have an assumption about the way that you live your life versus the way someone else lives theirs. I think that the, the, the real big bone of contention... Uh, I have with this mm. as well is that I think it, it once again shows for for me uh, from Wizards of the Coast that there is a slight lack of understanding when it comes to what you put out there and how that is then perceived because the issue that I have here yeah. is that whilst they may look at it and go like um, you know I feel like they'll they'll kind of hold their hands up maybe and say like oh we shouldn't have put the word primitive in there right and I, for me that's not the issue the issue is that you you strip back all of the other stuff which humanizes them because what we're, what you're doing is if you pick this up and you're not someone who uh, is well versed on uh, maybe the culture that this is being drawn from or something like that you're not going to have the vocabulary to accurately depict or accurately describe these things uh you're you know you're you're being asked to then basically just to make it up and so i think that we've said quite a few times that like wizards needs to do more kind of hand holding when it comes to increasing cultural representation within its work because you need to give people the tools you know you need to give people a new set of words to use instead of things like fucking primitive do you know what i mean yeah. you need to give them a different way of describing these things so we're not constantly just going back to the same tropes the same old yeah. stereotypes yeah. so like it it is really fucking important that this that Graham, if Graham has de- chosen to describe something in a way that feels more culturally sensitive or is broadening the kind of general lexicon of D&D, then it's really important that that stays in and isn't cut for the sake of a few, because, oh, we need to cut words. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the, yeah, and the thing least, is, and that seems... in some form. Yeah, and the thing yeah. is that, like, that word primitive is clearly coming from the unconscious bias of whoever sat down and edited that, because the, he thinks well, primitive... We oh, know that... who did this. Oh. Yeah. That's actually a point that I was going to make. Oh. We know who did it. Who did it? It's on the yeah. adventure. So the oh. name of the, the the name of the adventure is the cuz it's on D, the whole the whole Candlekeep Mysteries is on D&D Beyond. Okay. And the uh, I that's where I read it. Okay. So the Book of Cylinders, uh an adventure for 6th level characters is at the top of the page, written by Graham Barber, direct developed and edited by Kim Mohan. I might be pronounced Mohan, I'm not sure. But I looked up Kim Mohan and it turns out that he has been with in with D and D in some form since 1986. He was brought on by Ooh. Gary Gygax in 1986 to Unconscious when he when he founded bias. New Infinity's Productions. Yes, uh, he was. Bias. Let me see. I need to find the exact na- uh, title that he was. Yes. Um, so with Wizards of the Coast, because. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was he was with the the company uh, in some way or another, basically through all of this. When uh, when TSR the, uh, uh, was sold to Wizards of the Coast, um, he was the lead editor of the mm. Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition design project mm-hmm. until he was promoted mm. to managing editor during the second half of the design stage. So mm. this dude is OG D and D. Very, like, mm. he's been around for a while, has been working on this for a long time. Okay. And so I think that's where we, and he's he's 71 years old. Oh, Look, okay. Cool, I'm cool, going to cool. sit here, cool, I'm cool, not cool. going to sit here and say Kim's a bad dude. Yeah. He clearly has, he clearly on some level is very good at his job because he's been with the company for so long. And he even retired in 2013 and they still brought him back. Uh, unless it's a different yeah. Kim Moen okay, maybe cool. it's a different which, Kim which would be wild maybe, if it's a truly crazy. different person maybe we just shouldn't keep wild. bringing him back no I'm joking um, you know like that's all well and good for nostalgia and stuff it's just that like again with unconscious bias all those things are just telling me that you have a particular yeah it's not probably an unconscious a, bias yeah, it's not a bad okay that, mm, it may not necessarily mm. be like the most Ter- you might not be a terrible human. You might not be like a, an SS wielding Nazi racist, right? But this thing comes in a spectrum, right? And we have unconscious biases, whether we like to admit them or not. Everybody does, regardless of race. So yeah. when you sit down and look at something and you're editing it, maybe bear in mind that the language that you think is wildly appropriate for the situation and you just think you can cast such language away, bear in mind the impact that has when you are, when you are putting that into POC hands. Like, don't do that. Yeah, My, and he, okay, I mean, so you can look his, up pictures of the guy. He does look 
white. <laughs> yes, he is definitely a, a white man. My th- here's my issue, right? Here's my big thing: is the fact that this has been an argument now that has been going on for some time, and Candlekeep Mysteries has been released way after uh, sort of everything that happened last year and a lot of the conversations that happened last year, um, and the kind of general consensus that Wizards of the Coast acknowledged that they needed to do better. And my issue here is right going back to uh, actually the interview we did with Caldwell, which uh, where he described uh, the fact that when uh, he was drawing and when him and his like editors were drawing, they would have sticky notes like on their screen as they were drawing to say like make sure there is X amount of this and X amount of that and don't do this just to remind them to to refresh them that you know let's try and not let our unconscious bias get in the way here. Mm. Okay, so Kim Mohan uh, and again I, I have absolutely nothing against the, the, this this man or or you know mm. but. Surely, at some point along this long and lustrous, like illustrious journey that you've had with Wizards of the Coast, did no one hand in the post-it note? Did no one in Wizards of the Coast say, "Hey, maybe let's just like Probably primitive, not, he retired savage"? When was fifth edition released? Wait, I need to look at this. Uh, uh, was it hot sixty? Maybe just let him. This stay in also, he, he edited. Know? He edited Dragon Magazine for a long time. Like he's legit. No, He's that's, been involved. That's good. But, Congratulations. Yeah. And I th- well, I think that explains that's, it. I think that explains yeah. it. Is that yes? I think it does too. But that's what I'm saying. That's for me. Then that's that. Then is the is a failure on the part of the company to either uh, fail to uh, sort of acknowledge this and actually therefore tell uh, the people who need to be told, like, hey we're going to avoid this language. We're going to yeah. uh, try and shift to using more, you know, descriptors and more, you know, yeah. and again, this is not like, I want to like be very, 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 very clear that we are not saying in any way that you can't say and write bad stuff about bad people and all this kind of thing. This absolutely, of course, has space within the context of fantasy and D&D and everything like mm. that. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. But we have to diversify the language that we use. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I and, and it, 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 I it, I am I am Unati level vexed right now that we have that we have a a, a POC uh, writer here mm-hmm. writing about an experience of being told they were brought on as a new writer very recently mm. and then still mm. feeling Mm-mm-mm. like that opinion then was not listened to and processed in an appropriate way. Yeah. I like I, cuz one of the things I which we said last year when we first started out right at the beginning, we know this isn't going to be a quick fix for Wizards of the Coast. We know this isn't going to be a process of just like hey, like three black halflings is here so D&D ain't racist anymore. Like we knew that was yeah, not going to be the case. It's not the British government but, releasing their racism report, you know. Yeah, oh, don't even, that's a whole, that is a whole, people need to strap in if they want, if they want to hear that episode. <laughs> Patreon exclusive. Uh, yeah, yeah, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> we get to start- talking about British racism. Yeah. Specifically uh, British governmental in. racism. No, 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 guys, remember, racism doesn't exist don't in the with UK kids. anymore. Remember, the government said so. Remember, oh, it doesn't exist. No, the government did, it's like marking your own homework. Hey, yeah. look, guys, the, we, the did word, we did great. We did fucking great. In the words of the future king uh the royal family is not racist most definitely yeah. not racist no 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 no, no, no issues way. here okay sorry to derail that sorry i'm a, i'm in a protesting no, no, mood no. i'm in a protesting mood okay so kim kim moen yeah. retired from from wizards of the coast uh-huh. on may 31st of 2013 mm. fifth edition of dungeons and dragons was released on July 3rd of 2014. So, so what it is he really doing? sounds like they just brought this dude back to work on this. Okay, That's cool. what it sounds like. Okay, cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. But sorry to have cut you off there, Japs. But, but, but I think okay. that I think one of the other things that is kind of really getting my goat is, and thank you for reminding me, you know, okay, diversity just with the mouth, you know, with the words and the talky-talky mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. good enough anymore. Sitikiwe, like we're yeah. tired. We've been going to diversity meetings and debates. We've been going to the panel discussions. We've been chatting. There are there are books written. There are academics writing about structural racism and how to do things in the workplace and whatnot. You yourselves yes. wrote a statement saying that you will do better I ask you, where? 
Because you see now yeah, here, yeah, yeah. you see now here, it's not just good enough. Now I know you've done some other good things. I'm not, I'm, I, you, I'm in a protesting mood. I'm not just vexed at yeah, you. Yeah, I just want to thank Wizards of the Coast really for sponsoring you. this episode yeah. of Three Black Conflicts. <laughs> yeah. I love you guys. I love this game. Thank you Should so much for, thank you so much for the Should we do the plug now? <laughs> thank you so much for your contribution that you've made to the world and my life and my, and my tables and my friends. But guys, now you've got to pull your finger out your ass and like put your money where yeah. your mouth is like because people are watching yeah like and and i still love you but do better come on <laughs> I, i'm not mad and, i'm just disappointed i have a point <laughs> to make actually on yeah. that um you recently mm. i watched this i think last week mm. they uh D beyond released a video called portraying asian themes and ideas in D. It's a very good video. You okay. guys should all check it out. Awesome. But okay. We'll put a in link. the video, one of the guests wrote an adventure for the Candlekeep Mysteries and is talking about the the inclusion that <laughs> like the, the, the way that he approached including Asian themes in Candlekeep Mysteries. Okay. And mm. he seems quite pleased with how things turned out. So it seems like we have a tale of two different creators who just ended up getting treated very differently. A tale Both of two these different creators tables. are POC. Mm. Yeah. Um, the let me let me find the name of the writer real quick. Uh, oh, what is his name? Um, Daniel Kwan. Daniel Kwan was the was the writer for, and I don't know which adventure he wrote for. Um, uh, I'd have to rewatch the video, but he, mm. I think it, I'm, I'm like 99% sure it's in Candlekeep Mysteries mm. and he seems to have been pleased. Like he never talks about like, I had a great up. I don't think he says like, I had a great time working with wizards, but at the same time, he's mm. talking about stuff that he did to be more inclusive and, and mm. using it as an example for how other people can approach yeah. Asian themes and including those things in their games. So it seems like both of these two, like Graham Barber is also a person of color. Yeah. They, it seems like essentially Graham just got the short end of the stick. And it, it seems like it's now I don't think I'm not sitting here like, well, sorry, Graham. Sorry, bro. It's like, it's like, look, yeah, it sounds yeah. like yeah. based on, this is my impression of what happened is that Wizards is trying to do better. They brought in some POC writers to write interesting stories that, you know, diversify things. The POC writers did that. They then brought in an editor. They, and honestly, on paper, get, saying, bro, we brought one of the lead designers of third edition D&D mm -hmm. to come and edit your thing. I would be hyped and honored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it sounds like th they may not have given that dude oversight or like the editor, or they didn't feel comfortable saying, hey, maybe not use the word primitive. But yeah. that so seems wonder, to be where gotta things have fell to have apart. the uncomfortable so, conversations. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. So I, so I wonder here, uh, Daniel Kwan's uh, adventure is called The Book of Inner Academy, of Inner Alchemy, sorry. Uh, and it was edited and developed by uh, Hannah Rose. So it's edited by someone else. So I wonder whether that process was perhaps different uh, for... I'm looking up Anna, Hannah Rose to see if I can find the... Uh, see if you, I, mean, I, f I feel like Hannah Rose is going to be slightly harder to find. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely well, see if you can well, find... Well, then again... I did just find Hannah Rose, professional hey. nerd D&D &D editor and game designer on Excellent. Twitter. Uh, appears to be a white woman, uses she, her pronouns. Seems like, I mean, seems like Daniel had a better experience working with her than uh, than Graham Barber had working with Kim Moen. If that is the case, well done, Hannah, and well done uh, to Daniel. Because it sounds yeah, like yeah. that one ultimately turned out better, yeah. and I, I guess that's my that's my thinking here is that if we're kind of and that's where I go back to as a as a whole as a company here, this is where they need to have a very kind of strict set of like uh, of like guidance for mm. their editors. If the, if they if they're not prepared to kind of say to either make room for POC POCs at the top of the table, if they're not prepared to say okay, we're going to hire this year, we're going to hire at least one like POC as a Lead editor, do you know what I mean? Or mm. we're going to hire, you know what mm. I mean? If they're not, if they're not prepared to do that, then they need to have a strict set of like, this is what we're aiming for. We will not be including language like this. We will be, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? We'll be trying to do etc. etc. to give them mm. the guidance that they need mm. in order to do their job. Do you know what I mean? Because clearly there has been a 
a, a, a very different experience experienced by two different people mm. and it seems like it was just down to effectively like what United said earlier oversight like this was not like yeah. Hannah see, it would it would appear that Hannah and Daniel had a good uh, mm. a good working relationship whereas obviously uh, um, uh, Graham and Kim didn't seem to have much of a working relationship at least from Ke- uh, uh, Graham's perspective as there was no backwards and forwards between uh, he very explicitly says in the article that there was n- no backwards and forwards between himself uh, and Kim uh, in terms of the editorial process. Yeah, because now that I have some of that context in my mind, I'm going, okay, cool, you've got like a legend working on this. You're just going to assume that he's doing Mm. the thing and he's checking in with the writer for notes and approvals. But then because he's like an OG, maybe he's just like, you know what, I'm 71, I've been doing my thing. So I'm just going to do it and hand it in. And I think that like, Mm. and like you're saying, Jasper, the protocols have to apply to everyone. Yeah. To everyone, no matter who they are. Like, those systems, those guidelines, this is, oh, you have to have at least three revisiting dates with new edits with the writer, whatever. That has to happen, no matter who you are. Yeah. 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 And I, I would like to, I'd like to make this point. The project lead on this was Chris Perkins. Uh, I mean, he's been around. Chris Perkins yeah, yeah, is he's huge been, in D&D. But yeah. I think Acquisitions Incorporated is the thing that I'm most familiar with. But that dude has been involved for, for a long, a long time. time long time I, I think one point i would like to make uh and i think this is sort of me like reaching out to graham to uh to kind of i understand to say i understand where graham comes from also particularly. sorry for mispronouncing your name i i have yes, not just it, it's it, spelled it, g-r-a-e-m-e which i imagine is spelled graham but if no that's not, graham uh, yeah, I think that's Graham. that's Graham. I think it, I think that is Graham. It's just because uh, uh, okay. I, I think we have that spelling, yeah, that spelling over here. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that spelling oh, in America. In, in I've, only ever seen, well. I've only ever seen Graham because we pronounce it Graham, spelled G R A H A M. So, huh. yeah. Well, if anyone knows, please please correct us. If you hear this Graham, then please correct us. Send but us what I would like there. to say, uh, what I would like to say, is that I completely understand uh, that. Uh, any any amount of like uninformed change to that story especially in the direction that it went is going to feel incredibly personal i think when you are a i think one thing that wizards and 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 uh white uh people involved within this community need to understand that it is a it feels like an incredibly precarious position to be a poc in this industry like there is so much that we feel like we have to do that we have a like a duty of care to mm-hmm. fellow uh you know poc gamers We're not to we be have mediocre. to yes We're exactly it's exactly that it's exactly that and so you know i know the level of anxiety that i feel about this show and like how making sure that everything that we put out everything that we do represents us in the best possible light so we're setting a as a, a, a good a possible example uh, as as we can and that's not to say that we always get things right or that i've always mm. got things right absolutely not but i'm always striving to do that because it feels like if we drop the ball or if i drop the ball on this that it's it's going to be uh that it's going to it's going to feel you know huge for us where it doesn't for uh our white counterparts like they, they don't have the same level of, same of, of, of pressure yeah. and and sort of mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, on them mm. uh for reasons that we've obviously previously identified and so what i would say then is that that then for the these changes to take place and for graham to see himself now in the industry represented in a way that he doesn't feel uh, is is was is his work? Uh, I feel like that would be an incredibly hurtful and yeah. a negative experience for me. Like if yeah. if if someone was to if if I was to hand over this episode to like Headgum and they were to edit out like all of the points we made and make it look like we were just like on Wizards of the Coast side or something, like or or, or or to take out all the points where like oh uh, you know we've said oh you know this isn't fucking good enough or whatever because we don't upset Wizards of the Coast, I would be so hurt. By that yeah. like it would be it would be a really difficult thing for me to do because you've taken my words you've taken my work and you've changed it into something that i don't think is representative of what i set out to make yeah. and so uh i yeah feelings of of love and warmth to you graham i uh, i can only imagine that this is probably a very uh testing time mm. um okay. and i think that and I and I just want to yeah I just really want to reinforce that point and this is not to say that um uh no this is to say fuck it this is to say if you see a, a POC in the industry that's working the hardest to do the thing like give them some love and that's not just us that's like anyone that you see because it's really fucking stressful guys like it's really stressful guys, guys. Mm-hmm. and it's hard and it's tiring you know because we have to have these conversations yeah. all the yeah. time 
You know, uh, we don't get to just sit around and just be like, hey, let's talk about, you know, whatever's in our brains today because we have these just these things. You know, we do a topical episode, I reckon, at least once, if not twice a month. Yeah. And since we've started, yeah. there's mm-hmm. been something that we've had to dissect yeah. or that we feel like it's appropriate for us to dissect within the industry. And so it's tough. It's really, really tough. And so reach out and show some POC some love yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, no very 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 (laughs) good rant because you're absolutely right there is there there is a tax placed on people of colour in the workplace there's a very excellent chapter in a book called Living While Black and Working as a Black Person or Person of Colour in general in any Mm. workplace setting I encourage you to have a read of that chapter everybody of all creeds and colours so you understand the pressure the perfectionism I was raised, you have mm. to work three times as hard to get half as far. Can you imagine what kind of like, like anxiety inducing thing that must be on mm. you? We do not mm. have the right to be mediocre. We, we don't have the privilege of being mediocre. We don't have, and, and we also, by even our parents telling us, we don't have the privilege to make mistakes. And so this must feel yep. like such a massive affront and it's published and it's going out there in the world with his name on it. I'm sorry, Graham, I'm sending you big hugs. I will bonus action raid on, <laughs> rage on your behalf, okay? It's okay. Okay, I, I, I actually, I actually uh, wanted to Jeremy. I wanted to throw out to you quickly because I remember we. I don't know if we've had this on air before or not, but like I remember you saying how like uh, like even doing like the Wugadu, like even starting Wugadu, mm-hmm. we felt like quite a big uh, moment for you in the sense that you know like you grew up in America, you've mm-hmm. come over to England quite a lot, but like your general frame of reference for a lot of African culture isn't necessarily there, and the amount of pressure that you probably felt in starting that adventure and kind of getting it right, you know, uh, in mm-hmm. quotation marks. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. just what was your experience of that? Because I feel like it's it's comparable in the sense of we were putting something out there that, you know, you very diligently uh, uh, wanted to get right. And then if I'd have edited it <laughs> to make oh it sound gosh. like you didn't have a fucking clue yeah. what you were talking about, it would have been awful. It would have yeah. been awful, right? So that would have been yeah, the end like- of you black halflings. <laughs> <laughs> like I came, I came up. I, Jeremy, I've got Kim Mohan who's going to come and edit Wagadu Wagadu Adventures for us. All edit it together. <laughs> sure no, 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 no. Kim, Kim just said leave there. it with him. Kim said leave it with. Him. <laughs> I will take Kim's draft. We'll go over to a few times. No, no, it's already out, bro. It's already out. It's already I out. I will take you out. Uh, <laughs> the yeah the the. For me, I came up watching uh, a lot of like online creators. A lot of them associated with, uh, I guess, the nickname is BreadTube. I forget where that came from, but like, I really liked. I used to be into uh, some channel awesome creators back in the day, and still followed them after they left. So like Lindsay Ellis and people like that. And so I am no stranger to online controversy because those people get blowback have got over the Mm. years have gotten blowback Mm. from a number of situations, whether it's uh, alt-right people who just hate what they're saying, or in some cases it's the, it's the very, actually talking about topical uh, Lindsay Ellis just straight up left Twitter over some blowback from, uh, from left leading people over a comment that she made basically saying that Raya, the movie is similar to avatar, the last airbender. Uh, which uh, I was not aware was an uh, an unpopular opinion, but apparently among some people the comparison feels racist. And sure. the okay, never mind. I don't. Never mind. Never we mind. Can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that's, another, a that's a whole other episode. Let's get on track. Let's get on track. <laughs> because of my experience yeah. w- watching that as a fan, and then in some cases seeing stuff from the creators talking about the backlash that they've received from various situations, I I had like a real sense of fear like not just like Mm. oh i might get backlash it's not even just that because i also recognize that certainly as an american uh i may be a black american but i'm still an american culturally and i know that america uh has not always the best they have a pretty negative stereotypical view of Africa as a continent, to the extent that sure. sometimes people will think of Africa as a country. I once had a conversation mm. with a guy who said that he refused to visit the continent of Africa because some communities were struggling with Ebola at the time. Um, so he was are. not a very educated man. I mean, my guy, like, you can't... Yeah, it was very frustrating. <laughs> okay, cool. we could, that's a whole other episode, cool. but yeah, yeah, the point yeah. is, <laughs> I did not want to come in and add to that sense of, of mm. hurt, essentially. I did not 
not want to yeah. come in yeah. and hurt people. And I also know that we have a lot of fans for marginalized communities. And I want to, in terms of DMing and creating a world, try and be representative of those communities. Uh, and the, it's like the fear of like, if somebody's already from a marginalized community, you don't want to be the person piling onto that. You want to be the person mm. who tries to give them something that they actually can enjoy freely. Mm. And so there was there and still is to a degree a tremendous amount of pressure that I uh, felt and feel going into that because it's like, oh, I have to get it right. And like, yeah, for those same reasons, I think it, this is it's a similar vein, I think, to what Graham was doing, except he was like, I want to bring this back in. Because he explicitly mm. says the Gripply existed previously. Mm. He wants to bring them in, introduce them to a new generation of players, and also essentially diversify the way, as you were saying, Jasper, that D&D deals with these issues. And yeah. mm. he was undermined. There's no question. He was yeah. undermined, and those most of the things that he was really, like the crux of what he was really trying to bring was stripped from his work mm. without his knowledge or consent. And I would feel real bad if when I came in with all of this stuff, like you said, you just drastically <laughs> re-edited just, the whole yeah. show. And it's suddenly, a good thing, honestly, it's a good thing you haven't re-listened to Wagadu, like, episode, <laughs> like the early episodes, because uh, the editing is heavy. <laughs> I just thought if we, could, like if we appeared minutes. more white, we'd be more popular. That was... <laughs> <laughs> You've had me dubbed oh, with somebody who sounds. They sound almost identical to me, but they're just a white person. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they <laughs> do a really good a impression DM. of Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, so I, yeah, that, that's. It, it's it's funny you, when you're talking about that. It really reminds me of uh, there was an instant. Uh, where uh, a place I, I'd worked before uh, where I raised a, a potential issue uh, where something I was like, oh, I, I, I worry this is going to come across in the wrong way. Um, and uh, the person who would put that out there was a person of colour uh, and was like, oh, no, no, this, like, no, no, this is fine because of this, this and this and this. Uh, and I was like, yes, that is I absolutely understand. And I think this is, I'm, I'm hoping this will be like for context for uh, um, uh, white folks or even POC who haven't yet kind of come across this idea of like we need to be always perfect uh, and so basically they were like oh yeah because this this and this and this right and I went oh that's great but no audience don't get that like we are very explicit about our blackness on this show mm. so I hope by now you've realised we're all black do you know what yeah. I mean like we're like yes. three black halflings yeah. it's like, not about I mean? a, a separate group of halflings um, yes yeah exactly black. <laughs> yeah so but but in in the uh, instance of where I used to work, in the instance of uh, Wiz this Wizards of the Coast and Graham's work, there isn't the context, right? Like if uh, uh, if you are reading through Candle Keep Mysteries and you get to that particular adventure and you do have a problem with the use mm -hmm. of the word primitive, you have zero context that this was written by a POC who was attempting to do something um, that was not you know hurtful or harmful etc uh, yeah. so it was the same thing in my workplace it was like you have to understand that your audience is not going to have the context that you are now giving me either the context that you are a POC or the context that you're giving me in terms of what you're attempting to do and so that is the issue that we run into here right is because if we misplace or misstep as a POC and it's received in the wrong way then people go oh I have no context to know whether that's just a white person being racist or uh, uh, you know, I'm just getting the wrong end of the stick. And most people will go to, this is probably just some racist shenanigans. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be like the... So, like, as in, if you're reading and Keep Mysteries and you see the word primitive, you probably think, oh, this was written by... This is just some more Wizards of the Coast racist stuff. Do you know what I mean? And when yeah. you go like, to... Like, if you look it up, you're like, oh, Graham Barber wrote this? I'm gonna go tweet angrily at Graham. And you, exactly. like... And on and when you go to his, his Twitter page, you don't... Assuming that I was on the right page, because I think I was, you don't immediately see a photo of him. So you mm. might like uh, tweet a bunch of stuff, not even knowing. Yeah, sending it's, rage his way yeah, that he doesn't I, like, deserve, guys. You're I get why mm. he he posted this mm. because I, I'm sure that you know there there would be people who would be like, oh, he just posted this to complain, and he wasn't respecting the contract, and he just wanted the publicity from the yeah, he just wanted the publicity and the yeah, the clout boost from the controversy. Hey, but, like, get the some dude, clout, bro. <laughs> I don't care. Get some clout. <laughs> yeah, you deserve some. Yeah. We gotta get some. 
was somewhere. A, there's a possibility of that, but I feel like it's more likely that this dude was trying to be like, yo, hey, I really yo. care about this adventure. This is what has happened exactly. to me. I want to make it very clear. All this stuff was not me. Because he even said yes. he wants his name taken off of future releases. Yeah, that yeah. was the thing. That was all he asked for, right? Like, the, that was the main thing he asked the, for. The, tr- the credit for it. Yeah. Yeah. So then, so that was then, the main thing yeah. he asked he for. He Alan Smithied himself. Then yeah. give him that, like, uh, like give him that, you know, or or say, don't even. Nah, get him paid and re-release the adventure. That would be yeah, my advice. Yeah, okay. Wizards of the Coast, Wizards of the Coast, you need to like look at that contract and give the man that content back, so we can get this real ass adventure. Because now I'm psyched to play it. Yeah. Honestly, I would be willing. Like, if I, w- I think it would be cool. I don't, I don't think he can. But it would be great if somebody released a version of this in hey, which look. all of the original ideas Graham, Graham to, to be, be there. there. So. Graham or anyone who's adjacent to Graham uh, who doesn't, you know, who isn't afraid of these, just just see see if anything happens. A docket happens to land on TV. Garber. H- <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Three Black Halflings. We've got a special episode featuring uh Brain featuring Bram Garber. How are, How are you, doing you doing today? Is that, I've heard I've seen this some... sound before. Is that is that Irish? <laughs> <laughs> He's just like top of the morning to you. Yes it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> like, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> if that docket happens to fall across TBH, uh, uh, the 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 our Yo, desk, uh, I would play it. I would legit play it if that happened. Yeah, we'll just play through the adventure. Yeah, uh, it seems like we'll it's short say, enough to get through in one or two sessions. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. We'll just pl- we'll play through the adventure. We'll change enough stuff that wizards so the wizards can't get angry at anyone, yeah. including Braham Garber. Just yeah, in case, how much do you have you to know? change content? Like it's twenty percent legally, right? 20%. 20%. Yeah, cool. We can okay. run the adventure. We can just run yeah, the adventure. We do not encourage anyone to engage in copyright infringement. <laughs> with, some yes, addi- with some addition, like, we've, uh, with some, like, additional stuff added that we found on DM's Guild, released yeah. by somebody, Brain Garber. Yeah. Maybe pronounced mm. Bream, I'm not sure. Bream Garber. Bream? Bream? Bream Garber. Brame. Brame Garber. Brame Garber. Oh, man. Yeah. Just, uh... Yeah, I mean, look, guys, it's uh, it feels a little. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you brought to my attention, Jeremy, the uh, the adventure written by Daniel Kwan. That has made me feel a little more yeah. uh, mm-hmm. soothed yeah. as some balm yeah. to my. You know what I mean? Yeah. It to feels the, like we have a skin. more complete picture. Yeah. of what was happening on this particular adventure. It's yeah. not some yes. w- some evil cabal yeah. at Wizards yes. just being like... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 trying sure, to ruin, sure. Trying to ruin everyone's day. crush uh, their dreams. Hire them and crush was, their I dreams. I was very, very stressed. I was very, very stressed. But I, I, I do think... I would like to. I would like to say that I just. I, I've said it so many times on the show, and I just. I really please, honestly. I'm genuinely open to having this debate with anyone. Come on the show, email, whatever it is. Like if you're listening to this and you have an idea of how this stuff works, but I've experienced this in so many places that I have worked, and I've seen it in so many other places and spoken to people. Can someone please tell me when things like this happen? What is the uh, what is the genuine issue? with being more forceful with this level of change what is the genuine issue with bringing people in at a higher level like actually putting the legwork in to go out and find someone who is appropriately experienced enough to work as a lead editor at uh, wizards of the coast who is of color you know etc i just you know i remember it it took even after a lot of the the you know the me too movement happened it took such a long time and there's still companies that are like yeah we're going to get there by 2029 what do you know what i mean like some yeah. date they throw out Blade George, Runner 2049. Yeah, i mean like george floyd's yeah. <laughs> george floyd's uh, court case is happening right now i've been watching that in the mornings during my breakfast, yeah, like such joys. You know what I mean? So, but, th- th- but this is what I'm saying. I, 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 we, we, we're a year on from that. We're many years on from the Me Too movement. Uh, you know, there's a whole lot um, of discussion around um, the stopping Asian hate and, mm. uh, and talking about the systemic racism that Asian people feel. There is a whole lot of conversation about the trans community and, and their place in our society and how we treat them. And I just don't understand 
where the pushback comes when you are a multi-million dollar company like let's not forget that wizards is not some small time run by a group of friends kind of company here this is a big 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 company you can afford to pay someone some extra g's every year to come in and be the lead on this stuff Mm. Someone will be brave enough to do this. I am sure hire, there is hire a POC. James Mendes Hodes to read through yes. these adventures. Before give James Mendes Hodes his man. flowers. Yeah, <laughs> just you know give him everything. Give, give him the James keys. Give James it's the keys. It's usually discomfort <laughs> and fear of change. Like it's usually discomfort. James for Wizard CEO. <laughs> yeah, make him. <laughs> campaign hashtag james for ceo <laughs> i wanted to mention that james uh, is the new wizard <laughs> as just a side thing to kind of tie in with the the themes of what we were talking about in terms of people of color in the workplace tr- feeling like they have to try and step up there's a really good song that's actually worth checking out maybe we can share it i don't know on twitter uh by sly and the family stone from their very first album i think uh the, the album's called a whole new thing i believe and the song is mm. called underdog and it's if you want to check out uh, a really good song that the, the lyrics are very relevant to the kinds of feelings that people of color experience mm. in any sort of merit- meritocracy or alleged meritocracy. Mm. Uh, definitely, and it, honestly, in society in general, definitely check that out because it, it's it's true. It's something that's in the back of your mind, and I don't think it's something you. I don't think you can be aware of it unless you grow up in that environment. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's been an issue since then. Yeah. And we're still talking about it now. Yes. Yeah, which is, you know, kind of... But maybe, uh, you know, uh, we should... Um I, yeah, I, I want to say uh, that I, I, one thing I do think is 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 really positive, though, and one thing that I think is is very good is that seeing the outflock of support that happened yeah. uh, for Graham when Graham released mm-hmm. the story, uh, and I think that the the intelligence that it was approached to, like there was, I feel like there was, uh, I saw slightly less reactionary burn wizards to the ground stuff and more kind of like this was where you need to do better because of this, this, and this, and this. And I feel mm. like that's something that I feel like is different from like a year ago mm. when we first started. And I, uh, that is not me saying that we did that. <laughs> that's not, please don't get confused. <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't have that many listeners. Not yet. Do you know what I mean? We <laughs> solved what, I, what I'm saying we did we did uh, we did I'm kidding at least we made it more no we just made it more sparkly that's what we were, more sparkling this is me um <laughs> we just well put some sheen on it we added the carbonation back in <laughs> got it gotta happen oh, wow. gotta happen um but no uh, but I you would say go, that, ah, that when you drink <laughs> Uh, but that but that generally uh, warmed me a little uh and i think that we hopefully are getting to a point where uh you know they'll realize that that we are as a community able to we have power and we can talk with our wallets and with Mm. what we do and where we go and etc and that if things don't change uh you know maybe we'll see uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe we'll go see what masks are saying. Maybe we'll go see what uh, uh, you know. But fuck, let's just all play Wagadu. Let's everyone just plays Wagadu now, and then you know, then we'll see how quickly wizards uh, probably buy Wagadu or something. I don't know. Alan, don't sell Wagadu to wizards. Yo, <laughs> don't do it. Kim they'll takes Google. Over. They'll they'll like Google or whatever. Oh, Facebook no. it. They'll just they bring in Kim as the new leader of Twin Drums. Oh my god, drums. imagine the shit show. Oh my word, oh my word. <gasps> Sorry Kim, you, you, you clearly have done actually a lot of really good work. I know, <laughs> yes. you walked yeah. straight yeah. into this one, like you walked straight into this one. Yeah. Foot in mouth, yeah. foot yeah. in yeah. mouth. Foot in mouth. Uh, so, uh, on uh, on that note, um, halflings, uh, we are probably probably about done. I think this was uh, we covered most things here. I'm actually I'm yeah. proud of us. We kind of stayed yeah. on topic for like a full for fifty percent of that episode, yeah. and I'm proud yeah, of us. Well done. Um, so well done, us. Uh, if you liked this episode and uh, you're enjoying what we do, please feel free to drop us a review on whatever podcasting app you're using because it really helps new halflings find us. Yeah. Um, so thank you for Ooh, that. That's the and website. Somebody shared on the Discord, actually. Let me say the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a specific website. Where was it? That we don't have many reviews. Back? Yeah, I'm trying to find it's okay. where it was. Yeah. Um, was it in general? Uh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. We have a shocking... Yeah. This is to quote uh, one of our... This is a quote Elizabeth Wilcox uh, from our Discord. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, she mentioned that she's noticed that Three Block Halflings is a shockingly small number of reviews on Podchaser. 
Pod Chaser, and everyone. In the Head month of, of April, Pod Chaser. Pod Chaser is running something called Reviews for Good, where they're donating a small amount to, wheel, to Meals on Wheels for every written review of a podcast or podcast episode of at least 20 characters in length. So what? you go can not only good. support us, but support Meals on Wheels. Woo-hoo! Go do some good. Go to Pod Chaser and leave, leave a review on every episode of the I'm show. Gonna go, like I'm going to go do that. Is it weird if you review on the go show? Do that. <laughs> but I just, I just <laughs> want to give money to Meals on Wheels, really. Yeah, yeah. this is great. This is great. Just, I'm going to go yeah. donate and review. This, this yeah. is great. This is perfect. I'm excited. Uh, great shout out. Uh, there, so head over to Podchaser, everyone, and review the show and do some good at the same time. Um, Dreamback Halflings now number one on Podchaser. <laughs> Proud of you, Halflings. <laughs> uh, that's what I want to say next week. That's what I want to say next week. <laughs> um, if you are also enjoying this and you want some more TB Halflings in your life, feel free to check out TB Halflings for uh, no, sorry, Patreon.com forward slash TB Halflings, uh, where there is now, guys. Did you know there is fifty? We've done fifty posts uh, on. On our Patreon, uh, and we have nearly a hundred patrons, yeah. uh, which is wild, 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 wow. wild, right on the cusp, right on the cusp. Um, so feel free to check out that out, and you can also follow us at TB Halflings. If you want to follow me, you can. I am JW underscore Cartwright on the Twitters, and I am at Jasper W Cartwright on Instagram. Uh, so that was a random. So that was a random reference to a Jake and Amir episode I was listening to earlier today. You know, see where can people find you on the Twits? Oh, L U Lewis Nyao on Twitter and on Instacrax, uh, Luanda Lewis Nyao. There's no Instacracks. 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 Instacracks is the new name for it. Love uh, it. I actually everyone. have both a Twitter and an Instagram. I have never tweeted or posted any pictures. If you find me, feel free to follow me. I don't know that I'll ever release any content through either of those platforms, but you'll know. You will. We you'll know make, that you'll know that you found will. me in your heart. We will make we will and make Jeremy join. A couple of people have already found the Instagram and followed it. And I'm sorry if you're disappointed, but you're yes. welcome, you're like welcome, welcome to the to the quiet show. <laughs> the quiet show. You just sit and you should have a podcast called the Quiet Show where you just yeah. sit. I literally, I, just I got an Instagram because say I, something. I had a, I had like a media class in college that I had to make a, a Twitter for, and I got the Instagram so that I could support one of my friends because uh, she does art. In fact, go check it. if you follow me on Instagram. Also follow Leoma Arts on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna drop that there. That's uh, or I guess Leoma, but uh, L E O M A M is in Mark A uh, uh, period A R T S Leoma Arts. Ooh. Yes, check that actually, out. whilst we're do- whilst we're shouting out friends, uh, our friends Vatuk as well. Uh, I would love to quickly uh, shout out uh, Jonathan Charles. Uh, Jonathan Charles yeah. uh, has uh, now got some stuff online. If you haven't listened to our most recent episode where we discussed bards uh, and all things bard, our resident bard uh, or bard in residence, as it says on his Instagram, uh, you can uh, find him over at the underscore lonely underscore orchestra over on Instagram. Uh, you can see this incredible instrument that he's built uh, during lockdown and you can see what a talented musician that he truly is so please go and give uh, uh, the Lonely Orchestra uh, some love over on Instagram thank you very much Shire Folk for listening to this recent episode and I hope you're very very well and safe so long Shire Folk so long Shire Folk see you later Kim That was a HeadGum Podcast.